going on panthers nation carolina dad here host of the two growls one roar podcast welcome to game week welcome to our first official preview of the 2023 season with carolina panthers taking on the atlanta falcons it is late for me thursday night 10 7 p.m as i'm recording this and now that i'm doing video with these you, you just get to see how it is. I did change my background, so if you are watching this or if eventually you watch this on YouTube, I guess I should take a second to plug it. So, as y'all know, I have been a primary audio-specific podcast since I started six months ago, all audio. I've finally taken a small baby step in the direction of being able to record video not being able to record it, but deciding that, yeah, I guess video is beneficial. There are a lot of things I have to work out. So if you do watch the video, you'll see that. As I'm sitting here looking at at the video now, I did change my background. (laughs) So the room I'm in is right beside Pearson's. I've got a lot of work that I just haven't been able to do in here to make this more of a sitting room slash office slash game room for Nolan slash podcast space for me. Not that I'm going to make this Carolina Panthers themed, but a lot of things I'd like to do in here. Anyways, so I did adjust my view if you're watching, so you got a little bit of the window behind me here. Great to see that, right? <laughs> anyway, so you can catch it on YouTube. Just search Two Growls, One Roar. And hey, if you like the audio version of the podcast, keep keep listening to the audio version, promoting that. I appreciate all the support, but we are here. We are here with our game one preview and earlier today on my way to work, I recorded really what I'd call a mini podcast. It was like a nine minute long talk with me in the car waiting as I was driving to work, not no phone in hand. Don't worry. Had the phone sitting in the cup holder, just talking through my AirPods as I was sitting in traffic. So I covered a decent amount of this stuff. So if you had a chance to watch that, maybe you did, maybe you didn't, I'll get you caught up right away. And we've got a few headlines, a few headlines, one of them, an unexpected headline for week one. And that headline, if you haven't been following, has to do with Brian Burns. So as I stated, through the entire offseason, there really hasn't been that much drama for the Panthers outside of trading up. The moves that we made there, there hasn't been a lot of drama associated with this football team. And I even talked about Brian Burns. Brian Burns has talked about his pressers and training camp, wanting to be here for the guys. He knew it was the right thing to do. And then we had a little bit of a hiccup here over this past week. So I guess it was like last week, right before Labor Day. First day, Brian skips a practice go to the presser after, and, you know, Frank Wright kind of passes it off as a personal issue. 
and there were people kind of reading into it then i wasn't i was i was taking a step back like hmm maybe he's just a veteran day it wasn't called a veteran day but i was like maybe he just you know got it got him a day off well those days piled up and then it was maybe two or three practices total so there was a lot of people worrying online like is he gonna hold out for for game one is he gonna miss game one well brian burns came back to practice so the little hold out or hold in whatever you want to call it ended pretty quickly now is he gonna play sunday that is to be seen he is not listed on the injury report so if he were not to play and i do think that's a possibility. Anything is possible in this league. Frank Wright has talked about that. And as we talk about the Brian Burns situation, he wants to get paid. When you look at the production that he's had over his first four seasons, he's averaging around nine and a half to 10 sacks per year. Last year, his most productive year. He wants to be paid as a top end talent. And he is a top 10 edge rusher in the NFL and the defense that we're moving to, the defense that he will be in with this 3-4 scheme is going to give him the opportunity to get even more sacks than he has right now or that he's accumulated so far. And I really think his average is going to go up to 14, 15, 16 sacks. But when you think about the baseline of where he is, if he were just to maintain that 9.5 to 10 sacks per season over the next 15 years, I guess really you would say over the course of a 15-year career, you're talking about a guy with 150 career sacks. That's going to get you into the Hall of Fame. And we've got Panthers people on here trying to say he doesn't need to get paid or he's taking place off and this, this, and this. We've seen what happens when we don't play payers, players and we tick them off and they want to leave. I mean, just look what happened when Julius Pepper was here. Peppers was here. Man, get through it. When he was here, Long time ago, we know he landed back here right at the end of his career, but that was really just a farewell tour more than anything else. But we do not want to see that. We have homegrown talent. You develop these players. We've seen how many players we've kind of whiffed on with recent draft picks. And you've got some talent here with Burns, Jeremy Chin, J.C. Horn, Derek Brown. Solid pieces of this defense that we need. I mean, we were I was talking or tweeting out about uh, some of the other talent that we've let walk. You know, there's a lot of prime talent that's gone. But, I mean, look at the Hassan Reddick a few years ago. Was that like two seasons ago we had him? Turns into an all-star, I'd say like all pro, almost pro bowler for the Philadelphia Eagles. And we had him. We had Stephon Gilmore. We've had the talent and Fitter, Fitter's got to step up. He could be on the hot seat if he can't get this thing right. So all that to say, I think, you know, looking at this past week, Brian's is, Brian Burns is back at practice. He could send a message. He could easily send a message to this team, not really to the team, but to the organization and Fitter if he chooses not to play. I mean, think about, Situations we've seen with players holding out and or potential injury. We know a lot of the college guys like to sit out of the bowl games. I know it's a totally different situation, but hey, when you've got the opportunity to get a big, big, big paycheck, why are you going to take the risk? Why are you going to take the risk until you know the money's there? You built the clauses in your contract that if or when you get hurt, you get that money. Because guess what? You go out there, you play game one under your current contract, whatever that is in this, you know, 
how you, however you have that set up, you turn around, you get hurt. And now that 20, $25 million per year is gone, depending on the significance of the injury. So this is way more, there's way more to it. And when we've heard, you know, Frank Wright talk about it this week, he is a coach's coach, you know, looking at this from the player's perspective, the organization perspective, like all across the board, he understands it. He says he's here to coach. That's what he's going to do. He'll let the business deal with the business side of it. He knows this is part of the game. But when we talk about it week day by day, it does seem that the Panthers and Burns are pretty far off. And when you think about last year when the rumors came out that, you know, the Los Angeles Rams were offering up first round draft picks for him and that was an opportunity for a rebuild, you've got to deliver. And I mean, that put bargaining in his court at that point, Brian Burns, like, hey, man, I know what I was, you know, what you were being offered for me. So you're going to pay me. You're going to pay me what I want or what I'm worth. And the domino that we were waiting for was the Nick Bosa contract, which which just went through. So Nick Bosa's deal is complete. I think, what, $170 million or something. I anticipate that Burns will get somewhere in that $25 to $28 million uh, range per year. Or at least I think that's what he would like to have. He wants to be one of the top top paid defensive ends or uh, defensive edge players in the league, and I think he deserves it. So, all right, that was uh, way, way much longer than I anticipated talking through this, that side of it. Let's dive into the game, but I do think that's a, a big part of us talking about the Atlanta Falcons because I don't know if he plays. Like I said, when, it, when we talk about him sending this message, there's a lot to that I said that this morning that I don't think there's anything to lose in this. I do think there's something to gain. You know, if he doesn't play and we look terrible, he can say, you know, point and look at it like, look. Or if he doesn't play and then we perform well and win, I don't think that's going to take away from, you know, him being paid because in the grand scheme of things, in the long run, he is someone you want on the field and someone that the the team is going to want to pay. All right, so the way that I'm going to segue through this, there was a little bit of news that came out that's related to captains. So we'll talk about our team captains. Then I'll transition. Let's start to look at the injury report, the depth chart for both teams, at least where we are today, and then give you my preview and prediction for the final score. Jumping right in. So we have our team captains announced. These were voted on by the players. So taking a look, we have Shaq Thompson, and I'm making sure I do not miss this, Brian Burns, Taylor Moten, Bryce Young, Adam Thielen, and Johnny Hecker. So your rookie quarterback is one of your team captains, and I think that was anticipated with everything we heard in the offseason from the coaches, from the players. You you know, we know he's a leader. Also. Also speaks volumes to the, you know, Brian Burns with everything that's going on there. The, the team thinks that highly of him, or at least the the players think that highly of him. And then you have Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen coming off brand new to the team. So you've really got those, um, you know, I say new guys. Bryce clearly new, but then Adam Thielen coming over from the from the Vikings. So those are your 2023 captains. When we talked about the Nick Bosa contract, 
which is one of the dominoes. But as I record this tonight, another person getting paid, Joe Burrow, five years, $275 million. Like, good gosh, these quarterbacks. And I guess, what is this going to be, three or four years? We're going to have to pay Bryce Young, something like that. Something to look forward to. That's why you build what you can around him now to win in the near future because he is going to demand quite a bit of money soon. All right, week one injury report. And you can go to thepanthers.com slash team slash injury dash report to look at this. Wide receiver. Man, it just, it's one of those things, if I had to peg headlines for this week, headline number one would be Brian Burns. The status of Brian Burns, is he going to play? Headline number two, I think you could argue, status of the wide receiver room, health of the wide receiver room. Comparing that with item number three, which would be Bryce Young and Bryce Young's debut. You could even slot in maybe a fourth with Frank Wright, you know, taking over and all the assistance as well. So we got a few injuries. We've known about some of these, but some of them are not looking good and some are making their way up the list. So today we have DJ Chark listed. He is still battling that hamstring injury. There was a video posted on Twitter of one of our reporters, and I think it was Keith Blitzen that shared or, or talked to DJ Chark and Chark essentially said that it's going to be up to the training staff on whether or not he plays. He is a, or has been a, did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. There's still one more practice Friday. And then, you know, the game status will be determined once, you know, once the game is here on Sunday. So, I mean, he hasn't practiced at all this week. Hamstrings you don't play with. The health of this entire roster, though, is another thing you don't really want to play with, and uh, at least the wide receiver position right now. So that, Bryce Young, like, who's Bryce Young going to be throwing to this week? Who is he going to be throwing to? So Terrace, I'm just going to go through the the list because we have Terrace Marshall, who's battling the back injury. He's been limited in practice, or he had a limited practice. And you can, again, go out there and check the status of this. So he had limited participation both days, Wednesday and Thursday. Adam Thielen, who's battling, I guess, an ankle injury. He was limited in practice on Wednesday. He did not practice Thursday. So that's a step in the the wrong direction, in my opinion. Like, you don't want to go from limited practice to not practicing at all. But at the end, you know, he's a veteran. So maybe, maybe we are going to be okay. Our newly acquired wide receiver from the Kansas City Chiefs, Amir Smith-Marset, is battling an ankle injury. He's listed on the injury report, but he did have a full practice Wednesday and Thursday. The other two Panthers players that are listed were um, Sam Franklin Jr., safety, special teams extraordinaire. is battling a knee injury. He had a limited practice on Wednesday and Thursday. And then Deshaun Williams, defensive end, just had an illness. So he did not practice Wednesday, but did have a full practice today. That's who you have on the list. So when we get into the the breakdown of our, our roster 
we'll look because it sounds like there's going to be some guys that are going to have to step up, potentially even practice squad players, depending on the health of this team. It means we're likely going to see a lot of Jonathan Mingo. Now the Atlanta Falcons, they have four players listed on their injury report right now. Kaderil Hodge, who's a wide receiver, is battling an ankle injury. He was limited on Wednesday, full practice today, Thursday. Jeff Okuda has a foot injury. He has not practiced at all this week, Wednesday or Thursday. Cordell Patterson battling a thigh injury. I would anticipate him playing running back. He had a limited practice Wednesday and Thursday. And then Jonu Smith did not uh, had not had non-injury related rest. So he did not practice Wednesday and it doesn't tell us it wasn't, he was not listed here on Thursday. So comparing the two, I I would say, you know, the Falcons are relatively healthy, at least from an injury port, you know, perspective. I know they probably had a few guys going on the IR heading into this year, just like we have as, as we've gone through this. So let's take a look, and I think we'll start with the Atlanta Falcons, and we'll look at, you know, sorry, I'm going to flip it because it's just how things roll. Let's take a look at the Carolina Panthers unofficial depth chart heading into week one. So we had just talked about it, wide receiver DJ Chark, his health and availability, is he going to be able to go? I can't tell you. I can't tell you. So I can't, you know, if you're out here trying to place a bet, I don't know what to tell you if he is or isn't going to be there. Terrace Marshall, same thing. So very thin. Again, when you look at the wide receiver room, offensive line looks to be stable. And I say ready to to, to take it, <laughs> take it up a notch. So we have Icky at left tackle, Brady Christensen, left guard, Bradley Bozeman, center, Chandler Zavala, rookie Chandler Zavala getting the nod at right guard, and then Taylor Moten at right tackle. Our two tight ends, at least from us, you know, for the starters, Ian Thomas, Hayden Hurst. Hayden Hurst be your primary. Wide receivers again, uh, Adam Thielen, who we know is battling it. Amir Smith-Marset, also battling an injury. And then really your starter. So at this point, healthy, health-wise, we have Jonathan Mingo and LaVisca Chenault Jr., are the two healthiest wide receivers. So there is a chance that we bring up Derek Wright and or look at someone else from the practice squad, which we'll talk about in just a second. Quarterbacks, we know we got Bryce Young, Andy Dalton, Bryce getting the nod, and then running back Miles Sanders starting. And I anticipate Chuba Hubbard, Raheem Blackshear getting a lot of work. We also heard that Miles is healthy, ready to go. He did not, or although he had that, you know, injury earlier in camp, he was actually ready really after one week and they just held him back just to to be safe. Our backups uh, on the offensive line, because I pretty much listed all of our other backups. Uh, We have Ricky Lee, backup left tackle, Nash Jensen at left guard, Cade Mays center, Calvin Throckmorton, right guard. If you're wondering who's that, who is that? That's someone we claimed off of waivers, has experience with the Saints. Right tackle, Ricky Lee, then Giovanni Ritchie, Tommy Trimble, your two tight ends. I listed your receivers, quarterbacks, and running backs. On the defensive side of the ball, we have Derek Brown at defensive end, Shai Tuttle defensive tackle, Deshaun Williams defensive end, Brian Burns, if he's out there, 
Frankie Luvu, Shaq Thompson, your middle linebackers, Justin Houston, our first time seeing him outside linebacker, JC Horn, Dante Jackson, your two starting corners, Jackson not listed, so should be healthy, Xavier Woods, safety, Von Bell safety, and then Jeremy Chen is your nickel cornerback. Your backups on defense, LeBron Ray at defensive end, Nick Thurman, defensive tackle, and yeah, really, LeBron Ray is your primary defensive end. So I don't know. I think ah, we still have some some issues here that we need to address. So we only have 51 players on the active roster. So there are two spots open. And I think one of those we could be holding for Austin Corbett. It doesn't make sense, though, why we would just hold it open for four weeks versus going ahead and having two more able bodies. Yes, we have the ability to bring people up from the practice squad, but that's like on a limited time basis. You can only call them up three times. And at that point you have to put them on waivers or actually sign them. So I don't know what's going on. I don't know. So then we got Itor Grossmatos, DJ Johnson, your backup to Burns, uh, Clauden, uh, a chairless linebacker, Kamu Gruger Hill linebacker backup. These are your backup linebackers. Barno, Murray Barno outside linebacker. Troy Hill at cornerback, Deshaun. This is I was like looking through this, confused myself. C.J. Henderson, Troy Hill, C.J. C.J. Henderson, excuse me, um, and Deshaun Jamison. Then safety, Jamie Robinson, Sam Franklin Jr. And yeah, Troy Hill is kind of your backup nickel. Special teams, same old Jansen, Hecker, Pinheiro, Blackshear. We'll probably do most of the kick returns and punt returns. And then Amir Smith-Marset is listed as the second team. And then LaVisca is a backup for kickoff return. So that's the list of your starters for your Carolina Panthers. We move over. I'm only going to go through the starters for the Falcons. Don't really. I mean, yeah, I care about the depth, but not through this. Drake, London, wide receiver, Kyle Pitts, tight end, left tackle, Jake Matthews, left guard, Matthew Bergeron, center, Drew Dahlman, right guard, Chris Lindstrom, right tackle, Caleb McRae, tight end, who we know, I guess it would be the opposite tight end, who was on the injury report, Jonu Smith, wide receiver, Matt Collins, rookie running back, Projected breakout star, Bijan Robinson. They have a J back for Cordell Patterson. He's really a hybrid of receiver, running back, and quarterback, Desmond Ritter. Good old Desmond Ritter. I saw a stat today. You know, in his four starts last year, he was not that impressive, but he didn't throw an interception. I think he's going to be due for an interception against uh, against our team in this Ejero Ivero defense. Speaking of the defensive side of the ball, let's look at the Atlanta Falcons. Outside linebacker Arnold Abakiti. So hopefully I'm saying that one right. Defensive line Grady Jarrett. Defensive line David Onimeta. Good old Calais Campbell. That rounds out your defensive line. And then outside linebacker Bud Dupree. Linebacker Troy Anderson. Linebacker Caden Ellis. Cornerback A.J. Terrell. Nickelback, D. Alford, safety, Richie Grant, safety, Jesse Bates, and cornerback, Jeff Okuda, who we know is listed on injury report. Kicker, Young Hoo Koo, 
Bradley Pinion for punter. Long snapper is Liam McCullough. So that rounds it out. When we start to talk about the game, let's just dump, let's jump right in, man. Let's jump right in because that's what we're here for. We want to hear predictions. All right. Kicking off first game of the year, Carolina Panthers at the Atlanta Falcons. One o'clock kickoff, Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, Georgia. One o'clock, like I said, on Fox. All right. Let's talk about the history of the Panthers versus Falcons. So Carolina and Atlanta have played 56 times. Atlanta leads the all-time series 35-21. to Panthers won the last matchup. We remember that game quite well on Thursday night football, 25 to 15 at Bank of America Stadium, rocking our all black uniforms. We know that the Panthers could have been 2 and 0 or they were one DJ Moore helmet throw away from being 2 and 0 last year. So we had them beat DJ Moore throws his helmet, we get the flag. Had a bunch of stuff happen that game all this week cuz we did get to hear from all three uh, coaches today, coordinator, offensive coordinator Thomas Brown, Ejero Rivero, and Chris Tabor. So we heard from all of them, and everybody's asking, like, Eddie, is Eddie Pinheiro ready? Is he scared because of, you know, how poorly he performed? Like, Eddie Pinheiro did not miss a kick after this game last year. So people give him a lot of grief. He was one of the top kickers in the league. We're going to be fine. I don't see him going in here worrying about how he finished here last year. The Falcons, good good stat here, are 20-8 and eight overall at home against the Panthers. 2023 is a new year, but it's, hey, let's go back and look at 2022. Total yards per game, the Panthers ranked 29th, the Falcons ranked 24th. Rushing yards per game, we ranked 10th, the Falcons ranked 3rd. It's a very good rushing attack. We both, or they averaged 4th. In 4.9 yards per carry, we were 14th at 4.6. Passing yards, we were we know we were terrible. We were 29th at 176 per game. They were 31st in the league at 158. About even in sacks allowed, we allowed 36. They allowed 37th. That's 11th and 12th in the league. Third down efficiency, we were completely terrible. 31.7%. That was 30th in the league. They were 41.8%, so 10th in the league. Points per game, we averaged about 20.41 when we were 20th. They weren't far off at 21.47, so tied for 15th. Pretty evenly matched. Defensive side of the ball is where we did have a little bit of a leg up on them. So total yards allowed per game last year, 350 for us. They averaged about 361, so we were 22nd. They were 27th. Rushing yards, they we were pretty close there, too. We averaged uh, 122. They averaged 130. That's what we gave up. Yards per an attempt, 4.3 to 4.4. That was in our favor. Passing yards, about the same. Giving up 227. They gave up 231. Sacks, we had 35, which was 25th in the league. They had 21, which is 31st. So not getting to the quarterback. We were tied in takeaways with 17. Our third down efficiency was pretty close. You know, there, I'd say it was pretty close. It wasn't pretty close. They uh, were 49.9%, which is 31st in the league. 
we were 41.4%, which is 23rd. And then points allowed, pretty, this was close. So 22 for us, which is 19th overall. And then 22.71, which is 23rd. So here we go. So the Panthers will begin the season on the road for the first time since 2017. So the Panthers have had a good little stretch of, of playing at home, even though we've been terrible over the last few years. We've got some, had some home games. We already talked about the, the key matchups. This is the 57th meeting between the two teams, but just the fifth time that they've kicked off the season against each other. This is the first time since 2006. They've only faced one. The Panthers have only faced one other team more times in franchise history. Guess who? The New Orleans Saints. And guess what? This is where Frank Wright kicked off his career. When we talk about the the team itself, the Atlanta Falcons have third-year head coach Arthur Smith. They finished 7th and 10 in fourth place in the NFC South. And that was all just due to those wacky, wacky uh, tiebreakers that, that played out there. Week one is here. Week one is here, folks. And one thing I tweeted about too, and I'll kind of get into the the my thoughts on the game in just a second. CJ Saunders, do y'all remember CJ Saunders? You remember CJ CJ Saunders? CJ Saunders was on our team. He signed with the excuse me with the Atlanta Falcons to their practice squad, and you're probably like, eh, who cares? These teams will do anything they can to get a leg up, and. Reich was asked about that this week, and he even mentioned it. He goes into his presser talking about that's what you do. Anything that you can do, to whether it's just a play call, something simple, anything, any key that you can pick up from you know bringing in a, a player that's been with the opposite team, you do that. So I'm not here saying that C.J. Saunders is going to know everything, and that's going to be the reason that you know the Panthers are, are not going to play well. I am predicting that they're going to play well, but I'm not putting my you know, eggs in the basket saying that, but it's something to think about. And when you think about our moves, we brought in Calvin Throckmorton, who was with the New Orleans Saints. So guess what? We got a little bit of a edge up there. All that to say, getting into week one in my predictions, because I got to, I got to pick a winner. You know, I was listening to the Locked On Podcast Network today, and they did a crossover episode with the Atlanta Falcons. That's the thing. When you get into, you know, doing, I'm saying Panthers because this is what we do. When you're doing a Panthers podcast, you get very focused on the Panthers and you can be very optimistic. You can be very narrow-sighted and not really, you know, have that tunnel vision to not know what's happening around you. And the Atlanta Falcons think they're going to have a good football team. And they think that Desmond Ritter is going to be good, that he's going to deliver and that they're going to win some ball games and win the division. I mean, every team in our division is going to think that that's what we've all said. So that's what you have going into this game. But when I was listening to it, the Falcons guy predicted the Falcons would win and then locked on Panthers did not make a prediction. He did not want to make a prediction for the Panthers. I'm I'm here to predict it. You'll get my prediction here in a minute. But as we close out talking about uh, the team here, and sorry, I'm I'm trying to pull this up. I wanted to very quickly, because I, I just glazed over this and I meant to mention it from the start. 
we did complete our practice squad. So I wanted to very, we, I pretty much touched on everyone that was brought in. So Deontay Brown, Spencer Brown, uh, Deshaun Corbin is new running back. JD DiRenzo, Ikuliota, Justin McCray, Mark Milton, Desmond Patman. He is a new acquisition, a wide receiver that rounded out our team this week. Big wide receivers. When I was talking about wide receivers earlier and the health of the team, Derek Wright, Desmond Patton. I know he's here, like he's newer getting into his groove, but he's big. 6'4", 225 pounds. He could be a target that gets moved up eventually depending on, you know, the state of this team. So keep your eyes peeled there as well as with Derek Wright. I'm just trying to give you this early insight. Desmond has experience with Frank Wright. We've also spent some time with Buffalo. A shout out to his mom. His mom followed uh, us on Twitter. So welcome to the Panthers Nation. Always happy to have all the, the fans here. Eric Rowe, corner. Uh, Eric Rowe's safe. I don't know why they have listed as cornerback. I'm on the Panthers website. So Eric Rowe. Then we have David Sharp, Taylor Stallworth, Jordan Thomas, Stanley Thomas Oliver, Raekwon Williams, Chandler Wooten, Derek Wright. Sorry. Okay, so I was just trying to get through the list. So this week, 51 players on the roster. We could see some, you know, someone bumped up. We know that we can't, we don't carry all these players um, on game day that we've got to have. You know, there's going to be quite a few guys that are inactive. That's just how the the game day roster works. But it does. I, I do think it's an opportunity, or could be an opportunity for some of these guys on the practice squad, or at least one or two, to get a chance. And it also could be a chance, depending on the health of. Amir Smith Marset. We could be looking at Amir. Could be looking at Mingo and Chenault. But here's here's the thing. Here we are, week one. The number, the last number one overall quarterback to win outright in week one. And this is really going against the spread. So, you know, the Falcons are favored three, three and a half points. Last one to win outright was David Carr in 2002. So that tells me it's either going to be a close game or Bryce Young is going to go out here and uh, hopefully deliver, deliver a, a big win there. Typically, rookie quarterbacks have just struggled in season openers. So out of 25 rookie quarterbacks since 2010, only two threw for more than two touchdown passes. 13 of them threw for zero or one touchdown. So there, you, you know, you start stacking these up and we look at the the offseason, the preseason, I should say, that we have with Bryce Young. But I think Bryce Young is not your typical rookie quarterback. And it's what's been emphasized multiple times with the coaching staff and everyone around him. Everyone understands that he's just a notch above that. I am going to say he is going to throw for two touchdowns. But here's the thing. He does not have to win the game. Bryce Young can go out here and throw 25 to 30 attempts, complete 60, 65% of those throws, as long as he's not turning the ball over and we are running the ball. The success of this team is going to depend on our success running the ball. It's something that if you think about an offensive line that has struggled, what do you do if you're an offensive lineman and you've struggled setting and pass protection or learning? How do you get into a groove? Hey, we're not going to make you just drop back in your stance get set up, try to pick this up. We are going to let you charge forward, knock them in the dirt, and and allow the backs behind you to run, run, run. 
Miles Sanders is, is due. He's been slept on. I, see, I saw him in a lot of rankings, getting like 30 or 31st overall. That's just people trolling, man. Like, how are you going to tell us a running back who was one of the best in the league last year because he came to the Panthers that now he's fallen off without any justification as to why? I'm not buying into it. I'm just not going to buy into it. Now, the Atlanta Falcons are a team with a lot of weapons, you talk about their side of the ball, when you talk about what they have in the in the running game or what they can't have, Bijan Robinson, by a lot of people, is predicted to be a rookie of the year, or at least competing to be rookie of the year. You know, I like to say that Bryce Young's going to be competing for rookie of the year. So that's what we're going to be competing against on that side of the ball. There's a lot of newness, newness to the staff, newness to the team, players, all that. And you do have an Atlanta Falcons team, although not great. They play together. They've been in the system for three years now. Arthur Smith is going to have to start producing some wins, and he's going to have to win early. And this is a big game for them. So I'm saying all this because, like, they're going to be up for this game, division game, number one. But they also got a lot to play for, and I think they think they're going to be a really good team. Their offense, though, was really limited last year. You know, they just going through, you could look at the the rankings that we had. And I'd say the the Panthers offense was not that much better. Where we had success when Matt Rule left was just running the ball. That was what we built our foundation on and how we were able to overcome it. This is a a pretty cool stat. So to start the season in five of their first nine games, this is for the Atlanta Falcons, they went against some really good competition if you go back last year. They had Matthew Stafford, Tom Brady. Eh, I don't know if I'd say Tom, last year Tom Brady would put in this list, but Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, and Geno Smith. So they went against some pretty good competition. In their other four games after, you know, in this nine-game stretch, they had the Browns, the 49ers, the Panthers, and the Saints. Played a lot better football overall. Now, I still go back to the Panthers game. The Panthers had them in that game last year in Atlanta. It was just a, the wackiest game that, that we've seen. And that's how I feel like just how these games go. I don't envision anything wacky this week. Anything weird. You know, Frank Wright sitting back here with his four tight ends on the roster and when you don't have wide receivers that or at least you're not as healthy as you want to be at the wide receiver position, what do you do? You're going to run the ball. Now, the Falcons likely are going to know that as well. So it's even though we know that running the ball is going to, you know, be what leads to our success, we also know that that can be the only thing that we're going to have to open this up. We're going to have to trust in Bryce to be able to make plays and let him move around like we saw at the end of the the preseason against the Detroit Lions, giving him that ability to have mobility and move around and truly start to open up this offense because he can make plays, he can do it, he's smart enough, and he'll put the ball where it needs to be. The defensive side of the ball for us, for the Carolina Panthers, is all gonna it's gonna be about stopping the run. And then just stopping the weapons. I mean, they have, if you look at it on paper, a very skilled, skilled position group. I mean, in in reality, if they had a quarterback, if the Atlanta Falcons had a decent quarterback, I think they would be the runaway favorite. Now, you know, 
as I sit here and do this, and I don't know what's happened, I guess it's just relevancy standard that we're playing the Atlanta Falcons this week, and that's why I am thinking about this. But it feels like I've always said Atlanta and New Orleans are going to be our competition. And I think it's just because we're playing Atlanta. But it feels like Atlanta is going to be the team that's really the team that we have to beat uh, to win out this division. So anyways, here we are. Panthers are three and a half point underdogs. And I'm not worried about the spreads. If you're thinking I'm like betting against the spread or betting in general, I'm not. I'm just thinking about it in my mind. So this week, yeah, I'm picking the Panthers to win. I mean, how am I, how I can't start the season saying that we're going to lose. I just can't. I'm not going to Panthers win this game. I've seen a lot of low scores and I've seen a lot of national media picking the Falcons and it would make sense. It makes sense on the outside why you would pick the Falcons in this game. Just a lot of things not in the Panthers favor. If you take the drama with Brian Burns, if he's not out there, that opens up a whole new, you know, issue on the defensive side of the ball. So I do think got the Panthers winning from a final score. It, I don't know. I was 24-20. I'm saying 24 to 20. The Panthers win. It's a close game. The Panthers cover the spread. I was initially just trying to think about how much offense are we going to have. I feel like if the, the first team to get to 20 points is going to take this game. Just because it's it's brand new season, you know, as I sit here and watch this and I turned it off, but we have the Chiefs and the Lions. It's 17 to 14 in the fourth quarter. So 24 to 20, low scoring game. I think that's what you see out of this in, in week one. They've got the Carolina Panthers winning. All right, y'all. Well, I am toasted for the night it is almost 11 o'clock now as i record this so i appreciate it always uh, or as always thank you if you like follow subscribe all that all that good stuff i appreciate it that's all i got for you hope to talk to you again when we've come out with the panthers win i will drop or do my best to drop my reaction to the game either sunday night or monday morning and then we'll get into a better rhythm now that you know things are, are here and i'll drop another preview probably wednesday thursday just like i'm doing now so or i guess thursday friday all right y'all that is all i got see you